Ray. Hello. Are you ready to talk about some wrestling? Yes. Okay, we're going to cover it all. We're going to hit NXT 2.0, which we don't do a whole lot of, but I do watch and I find these things fascinating as I'm trying to figure out what will happen at Heat Wave by reading tea leaves, tea leaves, tea leaves of who might be going up. We're going to talk about the conundrum that faced both Paul Levesque and Tony Khan when it comes to having a ton of talent. Do you continue to bring in more? You have certain characters that require television time. How do you, in turn, tell stories up and down the car, which is what it looks like Hunter's convinced he's going Executive Paul has decided he needs to be able to do tell stories up and down the roster. How do you get the time to do that while also allowing the likes of Roman and Seth and people like that their time? Tony Khan faces the same conundrum in that he has... Punk returning, good for Punk, glad he's healed, that's great. Uh, I'm not going to lie, if you listen to this pod, you'll know that I didn't miss him. And it's not that I don't like Punk, it's that the shows, all the characters need time. And Punk is a lot of time, legitimately so. Daniel Bryan is time, and we're going to get into all of that after this. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast here at Go Home Heat our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. All right, thank you for checking out Go Home Heat. And first off, 2.0. Hunter Paul and his best friend Sean Higginbotham. Bottom, bottom. I'm never really sure if it's bottom or bottom. But Sean HBKish, they have a fine line to walk here as they try to give us some of what we got with the black and gold brand and some of what 2.0 was supposed to be as it was delivered. Because they do want stars ready to become whatever they want to ask them to do when they get to the main roster. Yeah. But there will be a huge. I heard Road Dog say in his podcast last week, and I just saw a clip of it. The difference between Hunter and Vince in booking, Vince was never a wrestler. He said it differently. He took a lot more words. But Vince was never a wrestler. Hunter was a wrestler. So no matter how much he believed that you need to stop the television channel when you see my product he doesn't think that that means that guy has to be 6'5 wrestling matters which brings us to Johnny Gargano and the rumors we'll get to later of Sean Higginbottom calling this young man and trying to bring him back into the fold we both stated that Candice LeRae would be a huge addition to the roster as would Johnny but Candice LeRae would be a huge addition to the roster yeah now, she's we'll, also, she's also. I think Candice LeRae is kind of needed on on SmackDown side specifically. I think yes. somebody like Candice or you know, or Sasha Naomi coming back, maybe even Becky when she gets healed. Um, I think SmackDown really needs like that. <laughs> right, and Hunter has Paul SmackDown. They have allowed Shotzi and Alea and Gonzalez to get screen time, but. Yeah, but you know. these other wrestlers can give them better matches. 
you know, yeah, and then Alea versus Shotzi's gonna have hits and misses. Yeah, they're, because they're, they're not sloppy. there yet. They're, they're kind of sloppy. They're, they're just not sloppy. there yet. And that's not that's that's not mm-hmm. like an inherently bad thing. But like, you know, Candace, Candace, Naomi, and Sasha. Candace, were, Naomi, and Sasha, n- n- smooth. Uh, right. Beck, Becky, Becky used to be kind of a little sloppy. She's not really. She's not anymore. Which tells anymore. you that these other girls could wind up being on that level at some point. Yeah. To your point. Candice LeRae makes AEW's division twice as good. So would Naomi or Sasha. I also thought that about Tony. <laughs> right. Well, the problem, the we're going to get there. We're going to yeah, yeah, get there sorry, when I, we're talking about screen time. And I no, 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 you're exactly right. Now let's move into it. Trick Williams and Wesley. We they have this really kind of uh, boxing rounds thing, and I didn't know how it would work. I think it did because it really showcased. What Trick Williams is, Wesley is a wrestler, and Trick gives up on the shenanigans, pretty the boxing pretty early. Turns it into shenanigans, cheat fest. He uses a loaded glove to knock Wes crazy, but Wes wins, which allows us to maybe revisit Wes versus Mello, which I think is a great place to be. I think those are, I think that's a match of the year candidate. I feel like right now. Mello is involved in this thing with Giovanni, who, as we knew, as Fabian Eichner is fantastic. Again, this could be a match of the year thing, depending on how it's booked, the talent's there. I love that aspect of it. We talked about how Roddy and Apollo, Apollo's helping Roddy's crew watch film, and all of a sudden we have Roddy Strong, Apollo Crews, hidden in the middle of about nine hours worth of wrestling television. And it was a burn. It was so good. And they told a great story. They wrestled at a fast pace. Cruz goes over. Roddy's furious. He goes back and he starts yelling at the kids again, who right now are having more success than he's having. And I think that's fascinating because that was a black and gold match hidden in the middle of a 2.0 show. The Zoe match at the end with Jade, again, it was kind of a black and gold style match hidden in the middle of a 2.0 show. Yeah, that match did surprise me. Right, and you have the 2.0 champion. Do we pull the trigger on getting the belt off of her and go back a little bit to the wrestling-centric champion in Mandy? Please take the belt off of Mandy. I, I, I think she, she's held it. A, okay, I'm be completely honest. I haven't really watched NXT in too long. Um, I quite like Jade, though. Uh, the, Right, but you've watched besides, a little bit with me this week. Yeah, that's besides the point. I, right. I haven't really watched it in a while, but pretty much every time I've I've like kind of tuned in, Mandy was champ. Right. Uh, that, that that's just. It doesn't make sense to you. The what? whole thing with toxic attraction. I feel like, I feel like you could you could move them up to to smack to SmackDown. Even if like even if they don't do anything, just to give the SmackDown's women's roster something to do. It would give you a heel faction in the middle of it. Just it would not be as great yeah. as what you get with Bailey and Eo and Dakota. No, but no. It even would, if it even know. if it like isn't particularly good, like it's it's some it's giving them something to do. I think it would be though. I think they would fit in great on a SmackDown. I really do, especially with Mandy getting the help, and then you also have this supposed re-emphasis on the tag team division with Gigi, and and I think they would be served well by wrestling better. More veteran competition. Yeah, that's what I think is kind of weird about Mandy moving back to NXT. 
is that I haven't really, she hasn't really wrestled that differently. Still kind of Mandy. Right, but that's, she's, she's a, that's she is who she is. And, it, and, and they put her there for a reason. And I don't know that it hasn't worked. The point, though, I think is, is it time to move on and do something else? I, I, yeah. I, I think it probably is, but I don't think they will because we saw the vignette with Gigi and JC Jane. And I will say a couple things about that. One, it's really hard to sell Tough Guy when she's shopping for records. And the other one, I, I've worked in bars all my life, and nobody's throwing glass on the ground and looking tough. That looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> she walked in, had half of one drink, and threw, threw the glass on the ground. It just, but anyway, that's just hard to do, and that's not their fault. That was just a weird vignette. But it is kind of what they do in 2.0. It shows what they're trying to accomplish and all of that. Point being, I don't think they did that vignette for two, for toxic attractions tag team to turn right around and move Mandy up. And so I think Zoe loses. Zoe and Nikita being um, in this tag team tournament also makes me think that Zoe is going to get some time on Raw with, and I don't think that she's taking her belt to Raw. So I, I feel like just doesn't make sense to me that that's what they're doing. I just I don't think that's what they're doing yet. Now the mellow thing you have Braun with as we know him as Devlin. They're calling him McDonough in a match. Does Braun lose? I don't think so. I don't think they're ready to bring Braun to the main roster. If you put him on the main roster right now, what would you do with him? Because he needs to be allowed to run over people like a monster. When he goes up there, and right now there's a dearth of talent at the top of the division, I don't know that you want him running over Seth yet. I don't know that you want him running over Drew. You're not going to let him run over Drew. You're not going to let him run over uh, any of these guys that are challenging. Yeah. For these. I, I just don't see that yet. Um, I think there, there will come a time where he will come up and get a quick, abbreviated Goldberg-style run and then wind up with a belt on him and then get into something else. But I don't think that time is now or any time this year. I think they allow him to continue to run roughshod over this division. Mello, I don't see losing to Eichner and moving up either. I think it's it's a status quo type event they're going to have, except for Escobar. Hmm. Escobar has a meeting with Tony D'Angelo and... A little seed was planted in there as the Escobar says, I'll leave NXT if I lose. He says, you can leave, but I get to keep your crew. Wild Mendoza stay with me. That's tricky. And that led me to think that Escobar is losing and going to Monday nights or Friday nights. He has the personality. Nobody dresses better than that dude. He's a very good wrestler. You could stick him into any of the programs. You could put him right in the Dom is having problems with his dad. He could roll right in and mentor Dom. Or he could go into something on his own, attack one of the mid-carters. I think he can work up there. And I don't think you have to change his character. And I don't think he needs Wild and Mendoza. I think they can stay in NXT and do good work with Tony for a little bit. The other Tea Leaves thing. When they had WrestleMania intro show from the stadium in California, Escobar was there. So I'm thinking 
Escobar is going to be on the main roster because he's going to be wrestling at WrestleMania. Now, let's move into Raw. We got, let's move into Raw. We have Executive Paul's NXT invasion going on. He has brought in Dakota. He's gotten Io to return from Japan. He's brought in Loomis. He's brought in Hit Row. And I feel like he's going to do more of this. Everything he's doing is coming up great right now. Everybody loves what he's doing. Nobody's got a problem with him doing this. You have Bailey putting over the Sky Sisters. You saw it. Everybody <laughs> saw it, right? The Sky Sisters. Okay, and they're going to go into a, a trios match versus Bliss. Oscar, Bianca, which is odd for them at Clash mm. of the Castle. It's a big pay-per-view, and you're getting this match in. With You're telling a story of multiple characters here. You're, te- you're going to get to tease us with Asuka and Io at times. I- I'm assuming Bliss is going to take the pin here to make this thing go forward a little bit because it it just seems like if, if anybody else takes the pin, and nothing against Alexa, but Alexa's character can go other places with a loss, whereas Bianca's obviously not going to take the loss, and I don't like Asuka taking the loss because I think we go into some form of EO versus Asuka at some point soon. But the point is, the story's being told throughout the thing. We have Dakota and EO win a match during the, during the show, and I think it went well. Uh, the finisher was just as great as I had imagined it would be with the leader of team kick dropping her haluba kick style move, and then EO hitting a moonsault all- right after that. I thought that was great. Now, we did have a great match with again. I don't want to get into bog down in the details, but you had great wrestling. The Miz and AJ went great. Uh, we'll get to Seth in a minute, but that was great. We had Champa Bobby. Ch- Champa Bobby was fantastic, and I love what you're doing there. And Champa can break away now from the Miz at some point if he wants to. Soon you can have them do a little thing feuding as soon as he's done with AJ. I like what they're doing. You go over to SmackDown. The only thing I really don't love that he's doing right now is the Drew thing, and that's probably more me than them. Uh, You had a good match. Uh, Moss comes out, helps out, so I I don't get to lean on the fact that I'm mad that Drew won a one-on-two match because, you know, he had a help there. But anyway, I don't like the champ. I just don't like the champs losing to a non-tag team. But whatever. Point being that everything he's doing is coming up roses right now, but... The more people you bring into the mix, the harder it's going to be to tell these stories because Roman requires a certain amount of time. The Usos require a certain amount of time. But I don't think it hurts it too much right now if he just stands kind of paddish or brings in one or two more guys. Do you think he'll try to bring in somebody with big money or do you think he'll stay with this little pattern of a handful of NXT guys and it'll be fine? Um, do you do you consider like Johnny to be big money? No. I don't think Johnny Gargano is a huge signing. But I do think he's in a... No. I don't think you're breaking the bank signing Johnny Gargano. I don't think... Yeah, I, I, you don't think that Johnny would like require... You, you don't think he would ask for a lot of money? Yeah, but I think a lot of money to Johnny Gargano is not a lot of money to Bill Goldberg. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that Goldberg for four matches in a year is probably the same price as five ex-NST guys that were in the (laughs) Indies. 
And I think that that may be a part of it. I think one way you could offset the costs of one way to offset the cost of all these NXT like a Loomis and a Hit Row. Yeah. And hey, great Hit Row is back. I, it's a shame that Swerve left and it signed somewhere else. By the same token, though, this gives these guys a chance to shine without Swerve and his uber personality being over the top of it. I, 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 I like them coming back. I like the fact that hopefully we can get into a tag division and kind of have some people sink their teeth into it. Los Letharios had a, had a role the other day on the show, and it wasn't just... They they mixed it up with the male models thing, and you know they came in and they said, "Hey, if you're looking for you know somebody that looks good, you might want to look into us." And then, you know, uh, Max Dupree or whatever they're calling our man Eli Drake comes over and he's like, "Look, I'm not looking into anything with you." And they're like, "We weren't actually talking to you. We were talking to the to the female that that is working with you. We'd like maybe she should be promoting people by herself. Maybe she should have a more prominent role." And I thought that was interesting, right? I, I, it shows yeah. the we go back to that attitude era thing of everybody has a program you're in, and it's your job to sell it. And if you can't sell it, then you don't get the next program, but you get a shot. Yeah. Right? And I think that's where we're going here. Going into the finish of what we're going to talk about with... Talking about Scarlet with Carrion? I love the Carrion Cross with Scarlet. I love them getting in the middle of all of this. I love the presentation. They have managed to get me interested in carrying cross again, which I didn't know if I could do that in this company. And all they had to do was ignore the last three months of his time period <laughs> in the company and go right back to what they were doing before that last program with Cole, really even pre-post-injury. Right, well, even though he wins the title, post injury they just yeah. ignored all of that and went straight into this other stuff. One thing I really, really like is the Seth versus Dawkins match. Again, it shows the showcasing of what we're trying to do here. But there may have been a seed that I want to point out in the match. But first, we're getting to Riddle. What's Seth going to do post Riddle? We don't know yet. So we have this match, and while we're getting to Riddle in the kayfabe injury, we have Dawkins and Montez. We have Dawkins and Montez. Both have banger matches. They look like they're solid as a team, yet we just saw that they're both incredibly capable of being singles wrestlers. And that was the important part of the match, right? Yeah. That's what we saw. But the most important thing for the time being may very well be that the match was finished with a pedigree. Is that the signaling of Paul bringing in the real free agent, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, <laughs> to be an executive, not in ring performer, an executive as an authority figure with Seth all he'd have to do is be on screen, book Seth towards a championship, continue to give him opportunities to win a title, Seth win a title, and then you have the return of one Cody Rhodes. The Seth-Cody story is really the Hunter-Cody story. There's the breaking of the throne. 
there's the Cody in the executive's office saying, I think I can do more. And Hunter, the best friend, the, the very good friend of the father, saying, I think you're okay in the role you're in now. There's Cody, hey, I think everybody knows Hunter was my favorite wrestler. Then there's Cody breaking the throne. There's Seth pointing all of these things out on television and then losing as Cody puts those. Cody thinks he's putting all of those demons to bed, finally cleansing himself of all these former crises in his life. And boom, Hunter's back with his boy, booking his boy in a way that his boy doesn't lose. Is that possible? That that's what that pedigree was? Or what else could it have been? What do you think it could have been? Maybe there was actually a second half to this match, and Hunter was like, no, it ends there. Nobody kicks out of the pedigree. Nobody kicks out of my... Nobody kicks out of the pedigree. That was it when we were watching um, WrestleMania Orlando, the one we were at. Yeah. Seth finishes the match with the pedigree, and I made a joke that was like, oh, I want to kick out, but I got to put over my own move. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because you you know that the pedigree is the only move that will no longer be kicked out of (laughs) WWE. Now let's move into Tony Khan. You are listening to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Check out our friends at the GIN Project, the G-I-N-N project.com. Check out our friends at The Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And now, back to Go Home Heat. I, I love Moxley as his champion. So what I'm saying about all of this, I feel like in some ways is tainted by the fact that I think Moxley or Seth Rollins is wrestler of the year and Seth literally loses all his matches. So Moxley's probably Wrestler of the Year. And then I see, I hear my, one of my favorite songs of all time with one of my favorite bands as Living Colors, Cult of Personality begins to play. We have Punk come down the aisle. He goes nose to nose after what I thought was a fantastic. It was a AEW match, so there was a little Nitro involved as there's always shenanigans when it comes to Anything that's on AEW television. Yeah. But I, I thought that Jer- I think Jericho's given a great account of himself physically in the last two matches he's had with Yuta and with Mox. I thought they told a fantastic story. I thought as Jericho got away from the lion heart and went for the baseball bat and all those things, he loses the match. I think that's a good story to tell. They jump the guys afterwards. I I, I personally it let, let it breathe there. It's over. There's no need to do anything else. Yeah, but punk. I mean, the, but instead, we get a schmage and we get punk. Punk. Yeah. Nose to nose. Go ahead. I was kind of weirded out with punk returning so early because he's. Well, it was interesting too because in the build to this match with Jericho, Jericho kept saying over and over, "I will be the champ." He wasn't saying interim. I will be the champ. I will win the championship. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the um, the kind of regret the whole interim champ thing because they I, like they forgot like they're like oh, we can't really sell this interim champ thing. Well, to your point though, Punk was jumping around on one leg, selling us that he's ready to fight. I don't know if he is or not, but that's what he was selling. The pay per view's not 
it, it's a little ways away. He doesn't have to do matches before then. And he must be scheduled to be ready to go by then. If Punk is back and he's going to be talking on every show, Daniel Bryan is now back and he had a talking segment. He'll have a wrestling segment. Mox gets two segments a show. It becomes harder and harder to, if you, if you think of it like this, it's math, right? You mm-hmm. have 180 minutes, three hours that you're on TV with your shows. Punk's 20 minutes a week. Mox's 20 minutes a week. Jericho's 20 minutes a week. Brian's 20 minutes a week. There's some crossover, so you could subtract some. So that's what, 20, 40, 60, 80, subtract a 70. The women's division is 20 minutes a week. <laughs> that's, a shoot. that's a shoot. Anyway, my point is oh, sure commercials 20 are, minutes. The, the commercials are 20. Next thing you know, you're you've got 50 minutes to give me some form of Jungle Boy Christian Trios Tournament. Cassidy Davari, as Davari has, you know, Sonny Sonny just turned heel and joined with Parker Boudreaux and Davari's faction, which is called the Trust Busters. Uh, we have the best friends. We have Miro, who only gets to talk. We haven't seen him wrestle any. Eddie Kingston is away. What happens when he comes back? He gets screen time. You have Sammy and Teo defending championships that aren't even AEW titles. You have the tag team division that's legitimately needing to be defended. You have Hook defending a title against some gentleman from New Jersey that we don't... Uh, boom, he's famous, evidently. He says he is. Then you have... Start the the program with Starks and Hobbs, which I'm invested in all of these. But at some point, you're asking me to invest. The Ass Boys. I, I, I am not invested in all of those things. I, I get it. I get it. But the Ass Boys, for example, they're supposed to be done with this program with the yeah. claim. But then you have them come out and they wrestle a match, and then Billy Gunn g- gets mad at them and says they're sorry. And again, you know. So are we going back to the acclaimed? And how much of this, it just seems like there's a, it's really hard for me to figure out how we're going to get Wardlow, FTR, El Idolo. Do do we have to take their mask off every week? I don't know. It's very, (laughs) as far as the Lucha Brothers goes, it just seems like, and you know, I will say this, Rush, Roosh, Andrade, and Dragon Lee are in the trio's tournament. And they're going to be against the Bucks and probably Hangman, although Hangman supposedly is not there. The Bucks and Hangman is, is not only going to be something that involves wrestling time, it's going to involve screen time. It just it seems like it's really hard. And when I hear them say he needs to bring more people in, I'm like, no. No, 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 no. And no. you start to understand why Amira only gets talking segments every now and then. Yeah, and that's... Uh, and like, he must be okay with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Miro's totally okay with it. Would just be okay. Well, no, Miro, my- Miro. Like, people talk about like uh, how Miro, both Miro and Andrade, have like tweets saying that they were treated better in WWE. I don't think. I think they liked the tweets. They didn't say them though. Right? No. Okay, okay. They didn't. They didn't say anything. They just liked the tweets. Right. 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 Which you know. I don't think Miro's being all that serious about it because he did have to watch his wife kiss another man in WWE. Well, that wasn't under Hunter, though. Correct. Was it a, oh, you're 100% been, correct. 
like, would Adam Cole or Matt Malachi go back to NXT? But they're signed until, like, 2027. Right, right. They won't be... The only one that's out there right now that would be a big get... In MJF. Is, ...is MJF. And he would have to get out of a contract, which I don't know. And again, now, what if you do manage to bring back MJF? That dude needs screen time. He's got to have a mic in his hand. He doesn't necessarily wrestle all that much, although he's pretty good when he does. It, it just the trick to me with both these companies and the difference is if you're going well, why are you complaining about this so much with AEW and not with WWE? I'm just going to be honest with you. The difference is WWE has seven hours of television time, and they do have a dearth of talent. But yeah, they, their but roster is their roster is WWE's roster is also bloated, but AAW has significantly less time. Correct. And the show that they give you on Friday night is a wrestle-centric show. There's, you know, there's a couple little vignettes in there, but it's pretty much just matches. So then the storylines all kind of have to be set up and told to some degree on Dynamite. It's a Tony has a hard job to do all of this and make it work. Now, luckily for him, he has an immense amount of goodwill built up with his fan base and with yeah. wrestling communities in general. But I, I don't envy him. Ah, bull crap. I wish I could do that, man. You know how fun it'd be to be, even if you were wrong, to do that job? <laughs> <laughs> I do I do like where they're going, though, and I, I love the trios tournament, but every time they give us something that I really love. First I, day, be like, you know what? I think I'm going to give Christian the belt. I would, but I absolutely, I, I absolutely would give Christian. I'll, I'll digress. That way, we wouldn't have to talk about everybody that's dead. But <laughs> when I see it, the first reaction is, "Man, that's going to be awesome!" Tag team tournament, trios tournament, women's tournament, to show us who is the champion of whatever. Then I wonder, well, man, where are they going to get the time? Are some of these matches going to be on dark? Things like that. It's really a tough gig he's got right now. But anyway, I thought that, like you said, when we were watching that match between Roddy and Apollo, we are completely spoiled as pro wrestling fans that that match can get lost in the middle of a work week. Because that was a fantastic matchup. Dawkins, Seth, fantastic. AJ Miz, very, very good. The Loomis angle at the end. I don't even know what you do. You, Loomis is the weirdest character in the world because he literally can have TV. T- like, he doesn't say anything. You have him arrested. He really doesn't what need if we, more What than, if we bring Indy Hartwell back? Indy's, Indy's we'll bring Indy still, Hartwell. She's still at work at 2.0, but she could absolutely go to the main roster. Theory's already there, you know? Oh, you're talking about Team Gargano. Get, get, get Gargano and Candace back? Absolutely. Dude, you're right, but that would require screen time. Yeah. Also, also, I, I, I am uh, pseudo joking. If, if, if Gargano were, if Gargano would come back, I would absolutely rather him be the Rebel Heart than the. If, with it. maybe do that like later down the line after you do. If Gargano comes back, I would quickly pivot to some form of DIY. If you want to get away from that down the road, that's fine. But I would have something going on where Tommaso was outnumbered, getting beat up. He had turned on The Miz, and The Miz managed to get some help, and boom, Rebel Hearts music hits. He comes flying down, 
and we get some form of DIY just for a little bit. And then if you want to break them up and do that whole feud at a WrestleMania stage and then move on with them in different separately, that's fine. Yeah. That's what I would do, I mean, book, fantasy book-wise. Yeah. But also the thing about a Loomis is he really doesn't need television time. Like he can get arrested in the last seven seconds of the show yeah. and he made an impact. He can... Um, now the question is, do you how much are you paying a guy to not get TV time? He can also do matches every now and then when you need him to. He can he can slide in and out of different programs. And that, my friends, is going to be a wrap. Thank you for listening to us at Go Home Heat and Go Home. <laughs>